Welcome to the Healthy You Gatherings podcast. We are told in John 16, that we will have troubles, and Jesus confirms that by saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Healthy You Gatherings allows us to come together and explore complex and difficult topics. Find benefit in learning from the one who's overcome the world, who understands that a biblical perspective will help us find peace amidst life's everyday issues. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another podcast of Healthy You Gatherings. And uh, today's topic is on kind of a difficult topic, but I think it's very um, important, and that is forgiveness and reconciliation. And uh, they're two different things, and I'll hopefully be able to talk about uh, the difference between that and that if you're listening to this, the ability to, to maybe understand the difference between the two and realize that they are different. And, um, you know, one is dependent upon me. And the other is dependent upon uh, the people who are involved in whatever that situation may be. So slide two, if you want to take a look at the PowerPoint that is a part of this podcast. What do we hope to learn today? One is we want to recognize the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Two, we also want to identify what is and what isn't forgiveness. And three, we want to become familiar with the process of reconciliation. Um, You know, there's a lot of new verbiage uh, you'll hear people use today um, that sometimes people are a little unfamiliar with and I think get intimidated by. Uh, We're not really going to go into those uh, because I think that this is going to help you enough um, where if you hear words like gaslighting, that you you have the ability to focus more on uh, the forgiveness and reconciliation. And again, because we're coming from a biblical uh, view, uh, these are things that are certainly in the scripture that we want to uh, promote and talk about. But we do need a definition of forgiveness. And so slide three, uh, there's four different definitions, I think, here that uh, can play a part. And and maybe one of them will relate more to you than others. But uh, when you forgive, uh, the first definition you have there is to dismiss. Uh, The second is to depart from. Uh, Three is to leave behind. And the fourth one is to cancel. And what I think is important about all of those definitions is some of these uh, are mental and emotional. So when we are departing from something, uh, sometimes when we're struggling with forgiveness, we haven't departed from the memory. Uh, we keep playing it over and over in our minds. Um, you know, sometimes we see a place, a, uh, maybe it was a childhood home or, uh, you know, it's a restaurant where maybe something bad happened between you and someone that you care about. Um, and you have a hard time leaving it behind. You have a, a hard time departing from it. Um, you know, sometimes we don't want to cancel the debt that we feel like someone else owes us. And so, um, When we think about forgiveness, a lot of times what I have found is that people feel like if I forgive, um, then 
I'm going to get hurt again or that person is uh, going to get away with something. So let's let's look at two two things that forgiveness is and three things that it's not. Um, so if you go to slide four, uh, forgiveness is for the person who was hurt. So if you were hurt by somebody, um, you forgiving them is actually for you and not the other person. And because what you have to evaluate is, is how much has this been hurting me? Um, because if I keep replaying something that happened 20, 30 years ago or something that somebody said and I continue to play it over and over again, then that's hurting me. And what's really bad is, is that the other person has probably moved on and that might even make it worse because you're thinking you don't, they don't even care. And so learning how to forgive, learning how to cancel or dismiss or leave something behind is for you. And I think part of the forgiveness, if you go to slide five, is, is that you're learning to accept what happened. When you accept that you were hurt and that you need to forgive somebody, it, you're not, and I'm going to say this in a minute, you're not saying it's okay. You're not even saying that you're necessarily happy about it, but you are accepting it. And, and I'll use a different version of this. Um, if you've ever lost a loved one, you probably go through a stage where you're a little numb and you're a little like, this can't be real. And then there comes a time where you accept it. And you still miss that person. You still want that person to be alive and, you know, you want them in your life and you miss them. But you have accepted that the person uh, has passed away. Um, you know, maybe you uh, went through a divorce and your ex-spouse did not treat you well. And maybe it, you had children together, it impacted your children. And you're in disbelief. You you can't believe that this is happening and then slowly but surely, you get to this place where you accept it and you say, okay. Now, what the movies and TV shows have a tendency to do is, is tie this into revenge. Well, I'll show you. You know, I'll get in the best shape of my life and I'll get the best job and I'll get the best car and I'll date someone that's, you know, really good looking and I'll show you. But that's not really forgiveness. They haven't really accepted what's happened. Accepting what has happened is actually what's going to free you to move on. Because if you haven't accepted it, then that means you're still kind of hanging on to it. Um, what is forgiveness is not. Let's talk about that. Uh, I have three there. I want to take a look at slide six. And I kind of already said this. Uh, when you forgive, you're not saying that that you're okay. You may still be hurting. You may still be um, dealing with the emotional fallout of how that person treated you. Um, you may still need to talk to a counselor. You may still need to talk to a pastor. You may still need to um, really process what that did to you. But what I have found is that when people go through the process of of forgiving, they come more in touch with the fact that they're not okay. Because when you're not forgiving, you have a tendency to focus on the other person and what happened, and you're not really focusing on what it did to you. So I've, I've met people who 
really aren't dealing with forgiveness and they're mad at the person and the whole time they don't realize that now they have a drinking problem or that they're not eating or that they're not sleeping or in order to sleep, they're taking a lot of um, drugs to help them sleep. And so they're not in a good place. They've ignored their children and their job performance is not good. And so getting them down this path of, hey, we have to accept what happened and realize that the forgiveness is going to be for you. And then they're like, oh, wow. Uh, The realization is I'm not really in a good place. Um, Slide seven, um, forgiveness is not saying that you're okay with what happened. And I kind of mentioned this before. Um, You can forgive someone and still be like, I'm not okay with that. Um, The relationship may still be severed, um, but you are on the process of of healing. And you may never be okay, and I put that word in quotes, with what happened. You may be able to see how God has used it in your life to help you. But, you know, let's be honest, if, if we all had an option of not having to go through hard things and have people betray us or speak down to us or mistreat us, we that's the path we would take. Um, and so by forgiving someone, you're, you're not necessarily just giving them a blank check to do it again. And that's what slide eight says is forgiveness is not justifying or excusing what happened. Uh, the other person has to learn how to take responsibility for what they did. And that may never happen, but you are taking responsibility for your response. And I think that is a, that's a huge thing uh, to grasp. If there's one thing out of this podcast that you could grasp is, is that you are responsible for your response. And it doesn't mean that it was fair, and it doesn't mean that um, the other person should have done what they did, but you... Because you want to continue to grow and you want to learn how to have healthy relationships with other people and with God and and you want to be as as integrated on the inside as you can, you go, okay, I have to take responsibility for my response. Can't take responsibility for what the person did, but I can take responsibility for my response. Now, what keeps us from forgiving? Uh, A couple things. One, this is slide nine. I think it's rooted in the belief that you're somehow holding that other person accountable, that if you forgive, that they're going to get away with it or they're never going to come to terms with what they did. And here's the sad reality of that is you're not holding them accountable. It may feel like you are, but in reality, that person is not necessarily Uh, connected to you anymore and they're not really if you're not having conversations with them about what happened then really there's no accountability now it feels like you're holding them accountable because you maybe you're talking to friends and you're continuing to talk about what they did 5, 10, 15 years after it happened so the other person joins in and says yeah you know he shouldn't have done that and that was wrong and um, you know, however that conversation goes. And so then you're going, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm holding this person a- accountable. And if we're honest, the only person who holds others accountable is God, you know, and God will be the one that at some point uh, will give this person uh, the opportunity to take a look at themselves. And I will actually have a scripture that will talk about that. Uh, verse, um, excuse me, slide 10 
another reason for lack of forgiveness is um, that it helps you feel like you're in control. Um, Because a lot of times if people have been abused or neglected, there's a feeling of the lack of control. And, you know, someone treats us poorly, we go through a divorce, we go through some sort of breakup, we get fired from a job, and we feel like we didn't do anything wrong, and there's this feeling like um, my whole life's out of control, and it was unfair, and this stuff was done to me, and the world is a scary place. But if I don't forgive you, I can be in control of that. And so what's hard is as we look at Scripture where God says to forgive— And all of these feelings come back, and at some point we say something like, but it's not fair. And my response to you would be, that is correct. It's not fair. But what does God want to do with what happened? And if I'm not forgiving, we know through Scripture that that's impacting us more than them. And that's what's really difficult is because... Now it seems doubly wrong. So you're going, God, so that person did this to me, and they're not having to pay any penalty for it, and you're telling me that I'm in worse shape because I won't forgive. And I can't remember who said it. I wish I knew, but they said, you know, um, oh, actually, I do remember who said it. It was Johnny Cash. He said, um, being a Christian is not for sissies. And uh, I thought that was a funny quote. I thought it was kind of awkward. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's hard because God is telling us forgive because it's what's best for you. And he's commanding us. Check this out. This is uh, all the way back in Leviticus, you know, and that's usually the book that most people uh, probably skip when they're reading the Bible in a year or they struggle through it. And this is slide 11. But Leviticus 19, 17 and 18 says, don't bear grudge against others, but settle your differences with them so that you, and I put that in bold, will not commit a sin because of them. Do not take revenge on others or continue to hate them. That's pretty clear. And I looked at several translations. That's the NLT version. It's pretty much the same in every version, which is basically don't bear grudge. Now it says settle your differences, and we're going to talk about reconciliation. That's up to the other person. They have to join you in that. But it says don't take revenge or continue to hate them so that you don't commit a sin because of them. Um, And this was interesting when we, we are told to put on the armor of God. Uh, Josh Masters said this several years ago, and it may have been on another um, podcast, but revenge is the only part that does not go forward to the New Testament. You know, we we have a helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness. We have our boots of peace, our shield of faith, sword of the spirit, all those things, belt of truth. But revenge, God lets us know that's that's him. And so that's a little bit of a struggle for some of us because we want the other person to feel what we felt, right? We want the other person to struggle and feel what we felt. And guess what? Sometimes that may never happen. And we that's where the acceptance piece comes in where we go, okay, if God is telling me that if I'm holding a grudge and I'm angry at them, then there's a possibility of me sinning then I need to look into this a little deeper. If you go to the next slide, um, slide 12, I have a couple of um, Proverbs on there. One is 20, 22. 
And he says, do not say I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord and he will avenge you. Proverbs 24, 29 says, do not say I'll do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. Again, pretty clear. And the reason why that is so important is because, and you guys probably remember this maybe from school, was way back in 1750 B.C., uh, this guy Hammurabi had a code where he said it's an eye for an eye. And um, Leviticus in 24 verses 19 and 21 and Exodus 21, 23 through 25 lists an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Uh, because the people reading the Bible would have been aware of Hammurabi's code. Now, what we're learning as we venture into the New Testament is that Jesus is saying, let's let God be the one, not us, but let's let God be the one who determines what the judgment or what the punishment is going to be, because we need to look at ourselves as well. And what I have found a lot of times is when we mess up, we want mercy. But when someone else messes up against us, we want justice. And um, so we're, we are fortunate that God provides us mercy. Now, sometimes he allows us to feel the brunt of our sin and our decisions. And sometimes that's enough to keep us from continuing down a path that we should not be going. Um, but this idea of an eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, if we do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, we'll be a blind and toothless nation. And he was trying to say is that, hey, look, nobody is perfect and we all make mistakes. So let's be aware of God's grace for us, right? And be aware of how he loves us and he leads with love, but interesting, uh, if you go all the way to verse 15, this is in Matthew, and this is Jesus talking in verses 38, 39. He says, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Now, what he's trying to get across here is the idea that we can have reconciliation. But if we attack when someone attacks us, then the opportunity is probably going to slide away. And so what we learn to do is we learn to trust God more and more so that we are changed to the point where when we get hurt, we may not even process someone hurting us the same way we did before we grow closer to God. Um, you know, this, this decision, and this is your slide, this is um, slide 16. A decision to trust God with your hurt and the outcome with the other person. That's ultimately what forgiveness is. It's a decision to trust God with your hurt and the outcome with the other person. Now, I've heard people say to me, I have to forgive every day. Okay. But if you look at this definition, are you trusting and how are you trusting God with your hurt? Are you taking your hurt to God or are you projecting it onto the person who hurt you? Or are you projecting it back to God to say, hey, this was unfair? 
the best way to go about that, in my opinion, would be to go to God and say, here's my hurt. And I would, I, I need you to heal this. Like I want, I need to be whole and this is keeping me from being whole. And then the other part is you're trusting God with the other person. Not God help them see what they did to me. God help them feel what I felt. God help them to get their heart broken like they broke my heart. But in essence saying, God, help them to come to you so that they won't do this again. One of the scriptures that I struggle with is when Jesus is on the cross and he looks down at the people who have um, are mocking him and the ones who have... Uh, you know, they're throwing dice and lots to take all his meager clothes and, and anything that he had on, on the earth. And he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. And that's hard for me because when I, when I look at that, I think, yes, they did know what they were doing. But Jesus saw things differently. And he said, God, forgive them. So what was Jesus doing? Jesus was trusting God with his hurt and the outcome with the other people, and he was asking God to forgive them. Um, it's, in, it's amazing what grace can do. So if we can get to that place, and maybe we get stuck there and you turn the podcast off and say, that's about as far as I can go. I'm being challenged by that. That's okay. You know, process it with somebody, though. Don't just sit in it. Don't stew in it. But what if you get to the place where you're saying, you know what? I do want to reconcile. If you go to slide 17, here's what reconciliation is. It's a two-way street. And so both parties have to participate. Okay? Now, the other person may have no inkling that they've hurt you. And so this could be a shock to them. And you might think, well, that makes it even worse because they're not even aware they hurt me. But if you get to a place where you have forgiven and you're, you want to forgive and you want to make this better, like say you're married and there's been some conflict and you're trying to come back to the table and reason together, just realize it's not up to one person. It's for both. So, again, here's how you know where you are on this on this street of forgiveness. If you're going, well, I'm just waiting for him or I'm waiting for her to come say they were sorry – then you haven't gotten to the forgiveness piece yet, okay? Or you're not at a place where you're at least willing to say, hey, let's, let's grab a neutral third party and, and let's process through this. But if you do, here are some steps that will help with reconciliation. And this is the next slide. This is slide 18. Forgiveness needs to be extended on both sides. So you come in with a mindset, you come in with a posture of forgiveness. Now, it may not all be at once, and it may take some time, but it's are you willing? You know, are you at a place where you're willing to forgive? And if you say, well, not sure, okay, at least we know where we are. If you say absolutely not, then what I would say is we're not ready for reconciliation. Reconciliation is not going to happen unless you're willing to forgive. And and it happens at the same time, and this is the next slide, 19, where confessions are verbalized. You have to be specific about what you need forgiveness for. 
And so let's say you have a husband and a wife, and let's say the, the husband has been unfaithful, and they come to counseling. She, the, the wife doesn't just give a blanket statement and say, I forgive you, because the question is going to be, forgive you for what? Confession, you've heard this, is good for the soul. The Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive us. But we need to confess. Confession is good for us because it helps us take responsibility and it increases our awareness. So in this scenario, the husband would need to confess and then the wife would forgive. And then the wife would confess for anything that she feels like she needs to confess to. Could be holding on to anger. It could be... um, you know, not being fully present with her husband. Um, It could be anything. And it's interesting, a lot of times what I have seen people confess is not necessarily what the other person uh, was bothered by, but they were bothered by it. Now, if you have huge things like an affair or spending all the money or someone dealing with uh, a drug addiction and hiding it from their family, yes, that there needs to be a confession there as well. Um, but even when people confess, here's how I help them with that is confess your action. It's not your identity. So when you confess, you don't say things like, well, I'm just no good or I'm a loser because I did this and this and this. Confess your actions. You know, I'm confessing that I had an affair. I'm confessing uh, that I stepped outside the, the accepted bonds of marriage. Right. I'm confessing that I lied to you. I'm confessing that I hid an alcohol addiction from you. Right. You're confessing the actions because your identity, if you're born again, is in Christ. So your identity doesn't change because you messed up, but you do need to confess. And then your next the next slide, uh, slide 20, is we have to start seeing repentance. And that takes time. Because anyone can say they're sorry. And you've probably heard this before and maybe you've experienced it. Well, she said she was sorry, but I just don't believe. Or I'm just not sure because the actions aren't following it. Repentance takes time. And repentance has to be a continual moving away from whatever it was that you confessed. And Repentance doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen just because you said you were sorry. And I've dealt with this in counseling sometimes where people said, well, I said I was sorry, but she continues to hold it over me. Well, has there been repentance? And a lot of times people are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, um, if you are unwilling to allow your spouse to see your phone then maybe there's not repentance yet. Um, we had a, a pastor here many years ago, uh, Lenny Miller, who's now the head pastor at San Susi Church. And he was dealing with a couple, true story, he's dealing with a couple, and the man had had an affair, was caught, They he but they wanted to work on it, and they came to counseling. And Lenny basically said, are you willing to cut off all communication with this lady for 60 days while we're going through counseling? Guy said, I'll think about it. And Lenny said, okay, our time is up. 
And he said, well, we're here to to try to work on her marriage. He said, if you can't, if you're not going to repent, he said, there's no reason. You're wasting her time, your time, and my time. And Lenny showed him the door because he understood that this person may have confessed, may have received forgiveness, but he certainly wasn't repenting yet. And so here's how you know when someone's confession um, is really a heart confession is because their repentance is something they want to do, not because they're being forced to do it. Now, if you're seeing a counselor or a pastor, you may need some guidance on that, but it ought to be something where the person is like, hey, I understand the hurt I've caused you, and you know what? I don't want you to to even be worried about this. So yes, let me. Uh, I'll do that because I want the relationship to um, get better and to heal. And then again, you begin. This is slide twenty one. You begin to walk a new path, right? As the repentance occurs. We got to develop new new rhythms. We got to develop um, a new way of living. So again, in this case, if it was an affair, then one of the things is, hey, let's spend more time together. Let's do more things where it's the two of us. Let's let's pick up a a hobby together. Let's pick up some sort of activity together. Um, you know, let's go to a class together. Like it could be something as simple as like a cooking class. You know, it could be something like a dance class. It could be something at at Brookwood. You could take a, a class on the New Testament together. Um, you know, you could institute a new um, new rhythm where you're having dinner one time a week, just the two of you. Um, but you continue to go to counseling. You continue to see a pastor. You continue to learn how to communicate with each other in a better way to where some of these, these roots get pulled out um, and replaced with God and get replaced with new ways of, of doing things. Um, and then the hard part is, again, slide um, 22 is patience. Um, it's going to, it's going to be up and down. Um, you know, it, it may not be perfect. Um, there may be days where the person who was affected feels like they haven't forgiven. There can be days where the other person feels like I just can't do anything right. Uh, this thing, it's not working. But what I tell people is it's, is it is possible to overcome these kinds of things with your next slide with accountability. There has to be other people in your life that are helping you. They don't, they don't have to beat you up, and they're not your judge, jury, and executioner, but they are there to say, hey, how are you doing? And if we could be honest that, you know what, I'm struggling. Uh, today's not a good day. This hasn't been a good week. Um, that's okay. But let's be accountable to one another and let's, again, let's go down a different path and let's make sure that God is the one who is directing that path for us. And um, if you look at your next slide, Romans 12, 18, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So that's the key to reconciliation is, is can you live at peace with that person? And if you can, if you're willing to do that, then I think you have a shot. Now, this will happen sometimes. You will go through all these steps, but the other person won't. And there won't be any reconciliation. But you can still forgive. Reconciliation requires the other person to engage in the process. And sometimes they're not ready in that moment, and sometimes they're never ready. But here's the great part about forgiveness is you can forgive 
and you can heal and you can move on even if reconciliation doesn't occur. We want reconciliation, but it may not always be possible. And so it's not, if you're the one that has forgiven and the other person doesn't respond, it's not your responsibility to make them. That's up to them. And so I hope that's been helpful because I see a lot of times the person who's been offended feels like it all falls on their shoulders. I have to forgive and I'm having to drag my husband or my wife to counseling to fix it. And I tell them a lot of times, you don't have to drag them anywhere. Now, if we're honest, I'm going to end on this. If we're honest, a lot of times people are afraid that, well, if I don't drag him or her to counseling, then they might not show up and the relationship might end. And that that's very true, but that will also tell you where the relationship stands. And sometimes that's hard for people to accept is that, you know what, maybe that person didn't love me or maybe that situation was not what I thought it was. On the flip side, I have seen people go through hard times I've seen people forgive, and then I've seen reconciliation occur. And what happens is it is as strong as it's ever been because God is the one that knits it together. And I've seen when people um, submit to him and submit to his authority and the way he does things, it, it's a tapestry. It's beautiful. And he even says that we're his masterpiece. So um, I hope that that was helpful for you guys today. Um, and you'll see at the end of the, the PowerPoint that um, there's a way to get in touch with us. If you uh, if you feel like you need something beyond today, you can email us. Uh, you can call us. You can also go on the website and see the, the classes and the events that we're offering. And um, just uh, I will pray for you. But I hope that uh, maybe today was just the first step in that process. So uh, with that, let me uh, let me end our time and I'll pray for you. God, we um, we thank you that you when we cry out to you, you do hear us, Lord, and you listen. And uh, Lord, I pray for anyone that was listening to this podcast today. Uh, Lord, if there is a, an area in their life where forgiveness is uh, needed, God, that you would draw them to you and help them to realize uh, that it will be for their good and that you will bring people into their lives that will help them through this process. God, if there's someone out there that the forgiveness piece is there and there needs to be reconciliation, God, I pray that um, that your spirit would draw them uh, together to you and that you would bring people into their lives that would help with that reconciliation. And Lord, above all, helping us to realize uh, that you love us and that you don't leave or forsake us. And so even if we are going through a hard time, Lord, we're not going through it alone. And Jesus, we also understand that none of this is possible without you. And we thank you for the sacrifice on the cross for us so that we could have access to you, to your spirit, and to our Heavenly Father. And Jesus, it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you would like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355 or email us at careministries at brookwoodchurch.org. To find out more about what Care Ministries offers, please visit www.brookwoodchurch.org care. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.